Um, so one of the things that I um, love to do is I, I strive to provide impactful information to people new to safety in the workplace, whether they're a new safety committee member or they're a new safety professional in their field. And they're just like, where do I start? Right. You know, give me the basics. So I wonder if you could tell us what what are we talking about in safety right now? What's what's the word on the street with safety? What are you hearing? What are you seeing that is going to give us some insights? Yeah, I'm sure I, I probably got about three, maybe four things I can talk about. Safety is never always just sort of this one right. thing. Um, but I, I have met with WCB recently, so they've talked about their high-risk strategy. So if you're listening and you're from the province of British Columbia, um, one of our five uh, top five for work safety BC is that they're going to be focusing this year on risk assessments and hazard assessments. And, you know, people have procedures, but they're not really formally doing hazard assessments. So I think one of the tips I could give a new person is really get it, like really understand what a hazard assessment is, understand that, you know, how to fill one out properly and what the goal of a hazard assessment is. Um, You know, a lot of times when I read hazard assessments, they'll say hazard assess, you know, hazard is forklift. And, and then they rank it. I'm like, well, that's only part of it, right? right. That's only part of it. There's, there's nothing wrong with a forklift. It, it's being struck by the forklift that's an issue. Right. And so even now when I spend time with students and supervisors and owners, I'm like, okay, so you've got here chemical exposure, but what does that mean? Does it mean if I breathe it, I'm going to die? Or does it mean when I breathe it, I'm going to have a cough or it's going to be an irritant? And so we started to describe really what that hazard was. And I said, okay, now that you've said this is going to irritate your skin, but this is going to melt your eyeballs. Do you feel better as a worker that you know that? And it was like this, uh, like, oh, right. Because when, you know, I always say people, you know, when we say, if there's an incident and we say, hey, what happened? Whatever they say next is usually the hazard. So, hey, what happened? They fell. Hey, what happened? They were electrocuted. Mm -hmm. Hey, what happened? They were burned. We don't say, hey, what happened? forklift right (laughs) hey what happened ladder (laughs) hey what happened paper like you know (laughs) we we say what happened they got a cut um and so i think that's a really key thing for new or even current people to understand that ucb is going after that but i think that the conversation in general Mm -hmm. outside of legislation that people are having really is mental health the mental wellness um, how how do we do that now that this is coming into the workplace so much and that, you know, in different generations and, you know, that baby boomers and the Gen Xers and stuff, I mean, we were really taught sort of how to deal with certain right. situations, circumstances. We had different outlets. You know, we had, you know, um, you know the, the families and churches and communities and, and we're just not seeing people as active in those kinds of things. And so they're really, when they come to work, it's just, you know, how, how is it as a supervisor yesterday, I taught a class on um, investigations and the supervisor said, Tanya, I had a worker call me today and said, I can't come in today because I'm not feeling loved at, and respected at home. Hmm. And so I need to take a day off of work. Wow. And I was like, and he laughed at me because we were both Gen Xers and we're like, well, we would have done that, but we would have lied about it. We would have said, oh, we're sick or something. But, you know, the generations coming up is really saying, hey, listen, I'm hurting yeah. and I'm, and I have anxiety. And, and how the conversation is, what do I do with that mm-hmm. as a supervisor? Like, how do I 
how do I teach that anxiety is okay? Anxiety right. is what stretches and grows and failure is okay. And, and that we, this is what gives, you know, these rough edges is sort of what propels us forward, but yet still have compassion yeah. and, and, and love and guidance. And when we're some of the leaders now or Gen Xers, you know, is, you know, our bosses used to say jump and we would say how high, right. you know, <laughs> And now we're in these leading positions and we're like, um, well, you come to work to work and now we have to change our brains. Right. And I think we're taught, like I meet with groups of people that want to figure it out. Like we don't want to be like that. We want to figure out how to educate and embrace and bring up this new generation because there are extraordinary people. Like they're extraordinary. And sometimes we get like, oh, well, Jan, they're just lazy or they're this or that or whatever. I mean, I think every generation has said that about the next generation, yeah. <laughs> but um, but they're truly doing extraordinary things. Yeah. And we just need to figure out how to help them through it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so WCB, the higher strategy hazard assessment and the mental illness and how do we, we need to have those conversations of what that looks like in inclusion and all of that stuff. And then what I'm seeing, um, it's the third thing I was going to tell you about is I'm really focusing on people's manuals. I've somehow fallen um, into, into this place of really people send me their manuals just to review it. <laughs> and, you know, there was years where you'd be like, have a manual, and it would be 982 pages, and it would be in a binder on a shelf, right? Right. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? Well, the manual says, and you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so now I'm trying to tell people, let's not just have a manual for a manual. Right. And so this, and that's what I taught at the CSSC. Yeah, yeah, it was really when good. We, when we met again, I guess from back in the back ten years before that, um, when we did the temporary placement agency. But so that's what I was speaking on is how these manuals are three, four hundred pages, but they don't actually say anything, right. and they're not helpful to workers. And we we wonder why they don't like safety. They don't read the manual because it's it's unhelpful. Yeah, it doesn't like. You know, your manual, I'll, let's say I go to it, right? And I know, Simon, that you've seen these, and I know that you work on these manuals and you're extraordinary <laughs> at it. But you, you know, you tell the workers finally decides to look at the manual, and the manual doesn't really say anything, and it right. says, you know, see the CSA standard. And they're like, oh, okay, and where do I go to get that? And we send them somewhere else, which you have to pay for to see <laughs> the 300 bucks standard. And the standard yeah. refers to the manufacturer's instructions, or the manual says see manufacturer's instructions. And we're like, well, where are they? Right. And then the manufacturer's instructions, if the worker finds them, says see company's procedures. <laughs> and <laughs> So we're putting it people in a big circle. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And it's frustrating. And so that's what I'm focusing on this year. So again, for, for you, if you're listening and you're like, Hey, I want to know some stuff, focus on your hazard assessments. Um, focus on really, how do we, how do we have these conversations on mental health and meeting people where they're at in inclusion? And the third thing is make your manual useful, yeah. make it practical, learn how to write something that people need and want to look at and read. Mm -hmm. So good. That was really long-winded. I'm sorry, Simon. No, I was taking notes. That's super good. And I know I can go back and listen to this anytime, but I was like, oh, that's good. I've got to take note of that. Uh, Monday morning is going to look fun because I'm going to have these notes in front of me of what I need to be looking at next. So that's amazing. Thank you, Tanya. Um, being on a safety committee can be intimidating to somebody, especially if this is like the first time they're on a committee. I mean, it's like the formality of it and you know, all these things that you've never heard about potentially. And, 
And, you know, it may be even uh, really formal and scary because if you're not with the bosses um, all the time, you're like, oh my goodness, like the, bo the boss man is sitting right over there or, you right, know. I'm scared. I don't want to say anything. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, is it going to get me in trouble or, or what is that? Um, and, <laughs> you know, taking all your experience and, and because you're an expert on safety committees, what one thing would you tell a joint occupational health and safety committee to do to rejuvenate their committee? Mm, be positive. Hmm. And let me expand on that most like before 2015, mm -hmm. we, there was an act, right? The WC act said, have a committee, right? Good, good luck. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so people would come and they'd be like, well, what do we talk about? And, and the manager would be there and they're scared to talk. And they're like, all of those things that you say. And they're like, well, this is, you know, somebody, you know, quietly says, well, this is broken. And well, this is broken. Well, this is broken. Well, that sucks. Well, you suck. No, you suck. Great meeting. See you next month. And this is still broken. And this is broken. And that's broken. Well, that sucks. Well, yeah, right. you suck. Yeah, you suck. Great meeting. And they, they sort of turn into these sort of griping and complaining sessions. And yeah. then maybe us versus them kind of thing. And I, and I think that we need to add some positivity and some good outcomes. And when I say that, my question I always ask a joint committee is, how do you know you're successful? <laughs> and a lot of times people will say, well, we don't have any injuries. And I'm like, well, okay, is that because you're successful or because you're lucky? Right. And, yeah. Right. And so um, how do you know you're successful? And so I always say you're, how you start the meeting and how you end the meeting <laughs> is what's going to rejuvenate your committee. So when we talk about the positives at the end of the meeting, when you do the round table, right? You go around the room, mm -hmm. right? Do you have anything? Do you have anything? Yeah. Do you have anything? And everybody's like, no, 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 no. I just want to get out of here and, you know, whatever. Um, I'll, I'll say to committees that I sit on, you're, when we come to the round table at the end, you're not allowed to come with no. Mm. You have to come with something. Now, here's my rule or guidance. It doesn't have to be something bad. Right. And so... And, you know, go and talk to a fellow coworker, go ask them some random questions about your manual. Like, Hey, do you know what the three rights are? And see if mm -hmm. they know, um, do you know, you know, if you got this the hand sanitizer in your eye, you, where's the SDS sheet? Like, do they know? Like, right. don't like drill people. That's what I'm talking about, but just grab a few people and ask some questions. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of your meeting, after you've kind of done the stuff that we need to improve on and, and those kind of things at the end of the meeting, we're like, okay, so Simon, do you have anything? Yeah, Tanya, I went and asked a couple of workers if they knew the three rights and everybody knew the right to refuse unsafe work. That's excellent. Right. Now we know something's working. Yeah. Hey, Jim, do you have anything? Yeah, Tanya, I went and asked a couple of people if they got injured, if they knew who the first aid attendant was. Everybody knew who the first aid attendant is. That's awesome. Hey, Sally, do you have anything? Yeah, Tanya, you know the posters we put up. I was curious if anybody was looking at them, and a few people noticed them, and they really appreciate it. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Hey, do you have anything? Yeah, Tanya, you know that funny social media post that we put on lifting? I was curious if people liked it, and people loved it. Right. Why Why aren't we ending meetings like that instead so of true. this is broken, this is broken, this sucks, you suck. Yeah, great right. meeting. See you next time. And so if you want to rejuvenate your committee – what's working. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to report what's working, some positives on there. So the people who do join, because people who join joint committees, they want right. to make a difference. That's why Absolutely. they do it. Yeah. And unless they see us moving forward and see some changes or some positivity, they're not going to, they're not going to stay. 
Right. And and have those conversations because WCB requires you to fill an evaluation form now annually. Mm-hmm. How do you know you're successful? So right. let's have the conversation on our successes so yeah. that we know it's working. Um, and I think that's I think that's spectacular. And then you know when I said the the beginning and the end makes a difference for rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. I always have a, a reminder at the beginning, like write a mission statement or a vision statement for mm. your committee, not the work one, but your committee. Right. Where you can every day you can not every day once a month when you meet. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine every day somebody's listening. <laughs> going, what we have to meet every day? Wait a minute. <laughs> once a month. <laughs> once a month when you meet. Um, yeah. You know, sit down and say, hey. Our goal is, or our mission is, to have mm-hmm. managers and workers come together to work in collaboration, yeah. right? To discuss our perspectives on things. We all have different perspectives and different values, mm-hmm. and we want to put that into the pod and have the conversation, and then come up with the best solution that right. really helps the majority of the people. Mm-hmm. And I say that at the beginning of the meeting is to remind people. It's not us versus them. This is not a complaint session. It really is us being a collaborative thing. And I think we've taken creativity out of meetings because we're so, all right, step number one, step number two, step number three. Okay. Now we go through the instant investigations. Okay. Now we talk about the stats. Okay. Now we do the inspections. Like let's stop and have Mm -hmm. 10 minutes where we can be, let's talk about something creative. Like what can we do that's really different and wild and Something we can find out if it's working or not working. Yeah, I love that. Anyway, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so that's my, that's my thing. Do you think that people try to formalize it so much because they know that it's a record that they have to keep for a certain amount of time? Or is it that they just don't know how to tie in fun elements with the elements that they're required to do? Yeah, probably. Simon, it's a great, great question. Probably both. I don't... Uh, I, I don't. I think those are great, both great comments because we are very document driven. Um, uh, but at the same time, as a society, when we talk about meetings, I think everybody's sick of meetings. Like I did a big, a big um, research on it, and somebody had done it. I think in the states where they had. Um, uh, surveyed like a thousand supervisors and owners and workers, not in construction, like just in general, okay. from all different right. industries. And they said, you know, how many meetings are effective or ineffective? And they said 70% of their meetings are useless time because wow. we're just, we're just doing meeting after meeting, after meeting, after meeting, after meeting. And people were not trained how to do meetings in schools. We're not taught how to do it. Um, you know, the Roberts rules sort of exist kind of out there as sort of this little foundation that we do to make things formal. But uh, I just think people just don't have training and they, you know, some companies are now saying things like if our meeting used to be an hour, it's now 45 minutes so that they can get to the point and then leave 15 minutes for conversation and creativity. Um, some people are like, we're doing a 30 minute meeting. It's a stand up meeting. Nobody sits. We do the points and then we have time to have our creative and our, you know, our, our other thoughts. So it's, I think it's meetings as a whole, not yeah. just joint committee meetings. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting, wow, right? we could, yeah I, I love talking about this stuff. It's, it's so interesting. Um, as a safety professional, what is the key to being successful? If you were to give some, uh, a piece of information to a brand new safety professional, what would be the one thing that you would, encourage them in? Well, I've already 
kind of mentioned safety is about relationships, which I think it is, but just to give you something different and creative, um, I think as a safety professional, it's important to stay in awe. And, and when I, what I mean by that is I hear so many safety professionals and supervisors say, Oh, I'm just a glorified babysitter. That drives me bananas. It just, it, I mean, I get it. I know what you're saying, but it just kind of right. gets a little bit at my heart because I, these are people and we're not babysitters. At one time we had to teach you, we had to teach you how to do stuff and babysit right. you. And, and I, I just think that's a horrible statement. And so for me, mm-hmm. um, well, when I had that company that, that we did years ago when we were talking about mm-hmm. it, <clears throat> one of the things that I had to do was I had to, I decided that I was going to stay in awe of every employee certainly that was in the office um, because you know we would frustrate each other and we would get each other's nerves and sure. and so as a leader and as a safety professional I would walk around site or in my case the staff and I would once a month find something that I was in awe of them about mm-hmm. and instead of me going oh I've told you 22 times like you know, I, I'm all of you because of the, and I'm not talking about, Oh, you're great. I love you. You're great. I'm not talking about that. I'm like, I right. really appreciate you that you take the initiative um, more than other people and that you mm-hmm. do this. And, or I really appreciate you when you do this one tiny job or task, like I can't do it. I don't have time to do it. And I want you to know that is so valuable to me. Um, and so yeah. I think, I think as safety professionals, if we can stay in awe of people instead of, Oh, these people (laughs) yeah they're gonna drive you nuts they're people we're all gonna we all drive each other nuts but i think we need to stay in awe at least find something to really be appreciative about i love that that's that's so good i'm i'm making mental note of that (laughs) um (laughs) how about you simon like you tell this is your first podcast you've been doing this a long time what do you think is that one thing that really brought to you because you're very successful at what you do so what is that one Mm -hmm. thing for you I think, yeah, I think starting small, Mm. um, you know, it's good. People, people say safety is common sense and it is, you know, a lot of what we talk about day in, day out is stuff that, you know, well, my grandpa, he always, you know, like that was common sense. That wasn't something that you had to teach them. That was just understood. Right. And, um, but I think that, you know, similar being being a curious learner but but being willing to look at the small things and and i'm not afraid to tell somebody a small thing because who knows whether they know it Mm -hmm. and i think something that is so refreshing is that the diversity that we have in people's different backgrounds their upbringings even cultures and um, communities that they were raised in is different than than other people and so you don't know what they know right? right and i i think that you know with amazing opportunity of having such diversity in our workplaces it's it's sometimes like well why wouldn't you know that yeah but mm-hmm. why why would they like would you know they? for right. them that wasn't normal and so i'm always willing to have the conversation about something small um nice because that way you can build off of it and and you don't know what people don't know until you talk to them about it it's true and ask questions 
right? Mm -hmm. So tell me what, what, yeah, what do you know? What's your experience in this? And then you know where they're at. So you're not, you know, talking down. They're like, I know that already. Like, just tell me what you know, what you don't know. And then just tell those small things. And I, I think that that's, that's amazing, Simon. That's incredible. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, using that as an example, I was talking to a worker, a supervisor who was an older supervisor, of course, and Mm. he was frustrated. Same thing, you know, like, these kids, you know, they don't know, like, it's just common sense. And, and I said, you know, you need to, you just need to remember, like, even, I mean, I am 53. So I am, I guess, maybe older to some degree, <laughs> like, not to think so, but here I am. Um, <laughs> um, you know, in my, my lifetime, before I was 15, 16, 17, I had learned right. to change the oil in my car. Like my dad or my right. mom, it wasn't my dad, it was my mom. My dad was useless in those kinds of things. Um, my <laughs> mom was worked in a gas station actually. And so okay. she, was really, she, was, she was really good at that. So she, she's the one that sort of taught me this stuff. And my dad wow. was the one like, you know, we built a shed. We, he taught me how to use the tools and do stuff. I did all of that. Well, now right. us who had kids, we like hire people to do that. So we think that these kids right. are 16, 17. Like, of course, they have to know how a hammer works or a skill saw works. No, sure. not necessarily. Because they didn't, no. they weren't in the place that we were in where we were doing all of that by the time we were 17. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that now. Yeah. Right? And so I yeah. think we, I, I love that you said that. Talk to them about the small things. Who knew? Who knew? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, tying that in, when we talk about the small things, and ask questions, we're getting a sense for who they are because different generations deal with things differently. They communicate about things differently. Yeah, sure. And um, I remember having a conversation at one organization I was with, and um, there was a lady who, um, you know, a, a bit more um, experienced than the people that she was working around. Um, she kind of was the clerical person entering all this stuff. And she happened to work in an area where all the young 17-year-old, 18-year-old guys would crank up this loud music. (laughs) And, you know, like this was their workout. This was their social life. This was, you know, their job was life. Like this was just them. And um, she was frustrated one day and she said, Simon, I met her in the lunchroom. She's like, Simon, she's like, I just can't handle those young guys anymore. Like, I yell at them and I try and talk to them and they just don't listen. And I was like, okay, all right. And I'd just been to a safety conference. So I thought I knew all that in a bag of chips. And, <laughs> and so I said, you know, I, you know, I was listening to this um, session and they were talking about different generations and how they respond to things differently. And, and, you know, all, all joking aside, it is a very real thing mm-hmm. that we respond to things differently. And, and I talked to her about that. She's like, ah, I'd never really thought about that before. So I said, well, if you ask questions, if you come alongside and build relationship and rapport with them mm-hmm. and then say, hey, you know what? That music is really loud. Can we turn it down? Um, you'll get a lot further with them and explain the reason why. Give them the why. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so, so um, interesting. Um, I actually met up with her. I, I ran into her at the grocery store a couple months ago and this was like eight years ago so fun. and that this initial event happened and i ran into her a couple months ago and i said do you remember our conversation about this she's like yeah she says 100 percent, i do and it changed how i was able to communicate with those young guys nice. she's still at the same job still in the same area 
dealing with the same frustrations, but she found a way to communicate with it. And I think that, you know, talking about those small things and identifying them and finding a way to get people on side with you, um, it just, it's life giving. It is life giving. And and life giving, life changing. Like you want to save a life. That's how you save a life. Come on now. Yeah. Preach it. Preach it, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Oh, my goodness. This has been amazing, Tanya. Thank you so much for uh, joining me, being my first guest. What an amazing conversation that we just had. And so many key takeaways um, on safety committees, on, you know, the practical experience that we have and and learning how to adapt to that as a safety professional. Um, You know, learning, talking about mental health and about risk assessments and and bringing that, that excitement to the beginning and end of your safety committee meetings and finally being positive. Uh, we've covered so much today. Um, <laughs> Cram it all you. in. Thank you so much. Thanks. I know, I, I think I got it all. Um, but um, Tanya, where can people find more information about you or or the services that you provide? Oh yeah, great question, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, you can go to my website, which is tanyasteel.ca. I'm there. Uh, I have uh, my Joint Health and Safety Committee website, which is J-O-H-S-C, so Joint Occupational Health and Safety Committee, so J-O-H-S-C sc.ca um, is there and of course um, you can certainly email me if we'll just put it uh, put it wherever we'll put, it can, put it in the yeah. thing you people can absolutely email me um, at uh, training at tanyasteel.ca so I would love to help and be here and if you're in construction I do offer some free consulting for people who are in construction if you're in the province of British Columbia and um, and so yeah please even even if you're not just call me anyways I'm I'm here to help, right? It's all about, uh, for me, it's all about um, raising our next generation. And, um, I, you know, even um, I heard this probably from Wes, um, but it was that long ago I heard it, and it might have been from him. You know, uh, we're not here to watch the next generation kind of struggle and go through it, but to stand on our shoulders. So Absolutely. what we already have learned, and then propel them farther then we have made it. And uh, so that's what I want to do. So please, yeah, reach out, call me, talk to me. I'd be happy, happy, happy to. Amazing, amazing. Tanya, thank you again so much. I appreciate it. And um, thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me. All of my podcast people, um, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Safety Simon Says. This was a tremendous interview, and I absolutely loved having Tanya on the show. You can find out more about her in the show notes. I know you have some takeaways from today's episode, just like I did. Click that subscribe button and share this podcast with someone you know. I'll see you next time on Safety Simon Says.